I'm Arlene Bonin, and for Alex Pearson, we're going to take a trip back to a story that is growing and moving along like uh, moss on a stone, and it is the story about sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. It is not a new story, but it got a push into the stratosphere last week with a grand jury in Pennsylvania that it was a two-year a two-year um, investigation. One thousand, they say it could be more. Children abused, 300 priests, and most of them not facing any ramifications. It has hit like a bomb in the Catholic Church and the Pope on his way to Ireland, and he knew that there was going to be a focus already when he got to Ireland on sexual abuse within the church. And then now after this grand jury, it really increased in poignancy. We're going to talk about it. Uh, First of all, here is a survivor from Ireland, Mark Vincent Healy, weighing in on the Pope's comments today. His 2,000 words are just too much. They really have very little meaning or content. The idea that sort of like he can bring about the end of uh, child sexual abuse, for example, even within the clergy, Where does he get this from? I mean, we're aware that it is still yet ongoing. And what can be done? Pope Francis writing a letter, accepting responsibility, saying that um, begging actually was the word used for the victim's forgiveness. But what can happen out of this? If there is going to be consequence, what kind of legal consequences are available here. It is a very, very complex subject, and we're going to talk about the legal aspect of this. Joining us is Global News Radio legal expert, Joseph Newberger. Joseph, welcome. Thank you for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right. From a, a legal perspective, it, is, it appears to be a minefield, decades and decades. And, you know, this grand jury coming up with evidence. Some people, a lot of the priests are not even alive anymore. The Pope says mm-hmm. that he's going to move forward in a legal way. Can you see any path? There is a path. I mean, we've had this type of issue uh, occur in Canada and the United States. I sat for three and a half years in Cornwall on the Cornwall Public Inquiry mm-hmm. where there was an issue about you know, sexual abuse from various organizations, but the diocese was involved in Cornwall. And you know, there are uh, paths that can develop from this that the Catholic Church can implement to try and assist, to try and prevent this from happening for the future, and to address wrongs. But I got to be honest, you know, at the root of this, I wonder, and you know, this is not so much a legal opinion, but when you have uh, individuals who um, are no doubt wanting to uh, devote themselves to a belief and to a religion and, and at, at the beginning to try and, and, and be a service to their fellow you know, persons, you know, denying them something which is an innate sort of need does that contribute to what ultimately has happened in these cases? And, and the vow of celibacy, in my, in my respectful submission, on this is an issue. And that has to be revisited in order to try and address what will happen in the future and what risk there is for, for future uh, victims. It is, well, you've just opened up um, uh, one of the big topics around this. The priest didn't mention it, though. That would be a, yeah. an, an incredible movement within the Catholic Church. How big of a, a, of a tipping point do you think this is? It's a major tipping point, because this is nothing new. This, we've known this for decades, and it's happened for decades. And 
churches, and I'm not just saying the Catholic Church, but churches in communities, particularly small communities, is a fulcrum, a center, a, uh, a guiding force in a community, and can be a wonderful uh, service to the community. The problem is it also is ripe for abuse. And so in order to address not just what has happened, my issue is to address the future risk. How do you get at it? What is the ideology of this? And maybe they have to have an open discussion about that, that one particular issue, which they don't want to talk about, which is a vow of celibacy may be contrary to our own DNA, our own you know, urges and needs, and, and legitimately may future in risk. And, and, and how are we going to deal with that? How are we going to address that in a meaningful way? I think it is a very significant issue. And we can't just, you know, look at this in some myopic, very narrow view. This is something that has gone on in country after country, decade after decade. So how do we address it? What's wrong? There needs to be a more insightful view on it, in my opinion, and a better discourse. And also in the letter from the Pope, which was really moving in a direction that has yeah. never happened before. However, you know, asking for forgiveness, is there enough direction on consequences here? Because, you know, often yeah. even those in the Catholic Church, there's a lot of hand wringing. There's a lot of, you know, even the line, we failed the little ones. It is a crime. It is pedophilia. Outside the Catholic Church, people go to prison. They do. And, you know, in many respects, it may not have been dealt with in the past. And those who are alive, which are identified as offenders, can be prosecuted. And large sentences can be given out, whether it's in the United States or other countries. So we can, to some extent, address that. Certainly, there's civil remedies available where the church would be liable for damages because the victims of this abuse will suffer all sorts of issues for a lifetime where there needs to be some redress to uh, help them with psychological, emotional recovery, and all the other aspects that go with that. So there are various ways to try and assist the victims in this case and address the crimes from the criminal justice standpoint. But there's a larger issue here as we move forward, uh, given where we are now in time and understanding of human nature, how do we address this moving forward to try and prevent future offenses so that we can ensure the safety of, of people attending and being involved in these communities and churches, and, and, and for that matter, you know, uh, solve the integrity of the church as well? And I think a larger discussion needs to happen. People are you know, reticent to have that type of discussion. They are, but tipping points make them happen. Look what happened with Me Too. Is that factored in here, too? I keep thinking about it as we read these stories. Well, you know, I don't want to conflate the two because, you know, I have, you know, the Me Too movement is about something else, and some of it is very good, some of it is very bad, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of social media and a lot of play out in the community, which, frankly, never results in criminal charges and really anything that... Uh, in my opinion, there are very good aspects to it. I don't want to conflate the two, but this is a particular issue that's been going on for a number of uh, years or decades where I think we can identify certain issues that contribute to the problem. And in the church itself, there needs to be a significant amount of reformation in order to help them deal with how 
that they handle these types of allegations and deal with priests who are accused of these offenses in a meaningful way, not just simply about um, you know uh, deterrence, but also uh, procedurally. But then once it's determined that this is something which has happened, whether it's on a standard beyond a reasonable doubt or, or whatever, how to deal with it on a meaningful way so that the victim's issues are addressed. There are two separate issues right now, in my opinion, because the Church is a very mm-hmm. important and powerful organization, which is such a central issue for many people in, in the world. How do we protect people who are potential victims for the future? The Me Too movement is something different. We have I know, but it's about all... opening up. It's about opening up, and it's about, you know, they're not the same, but they are in the sense where people are looking to tell stories, and it's about power. I, you just I get tell, it, but, yeah. but, you know, the Church is such a central organization in so many communities, and sometimes what I've seen from in small communities, it's a centralized organization which helps provide a sense of identity, belonging, charity, mm-hmm. social, and emotional And that's the support. betrayal here, isn't it? That's right. It's so enormous. It's such a mm-hmm. powerful force, and it can be such a powerful force of good, so it's something, in my opinion, which is different than what happens in Hollywood. Yeah. So we need to look at this from a more broader perspective, and the Church needs to look introspectively about how they can try and address this going forward, because there are many other religions, Judaism and many other religions, where, and other denominations of Christianity, where the leaders, like priests or reverends or, or rabbis, they're allowed to have marriage and families, and, and that's a natural thing. Are we denying something which is a natural thing to individuals that may may cause harm to them, which results in behavior like we're seeing unfolding over the last several decades it, now, which is coming to the fore? It is true, but it's not always just this religion as well. I know you're you're correct. I mean, clearly the subject of, of celibacy and marriage is a big part of this, but you know we've we've seen this happen in other areas of power as well historically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. But but here, you know, again, I have, a, you know, a, a real sense of urgency with respect to communities that are so dependent upon and ingrained mm-hmm. and love and devote and, and care about their church and, and how and it trust plays such and, a, mm-hmm. and trust, but it plays such a wonderful, important role in the community. It, it, it's more to me than than Hollywood. These are not people who are actors or actresses. In, 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 in movies. This is about a core. It goes down and up and down every level of our communities and, and our social structure. And it's so important that, you know, we need to grab hold of this in a meaningful way. And the church needs to grapple with issues that they don't want to grapple with. And other religions have dealt with this. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but I think, you know, people may criticize me for this but i think denying a natural urge and something which is very intrinsic to the fact of who we are as human beings may be a contributing factor i don't know if it makes sense anymore in this century we know how much harm has come time to open up the discussion and see how to modernize maybe the church and move forward because it is such a positive wonderful force in communities and across the world joseph newberger thank you for joining us we really appreciate it have a great evening you too. Take care. Joseph Newberger, Global News Radio legal expert there with some uh, very strong words as we talk about the Catholic Church moving forward. I'm Arlene Bonham for Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.